0: Gave a commencement speech recently to high school, and that didn't go well at all. <laughs> a bunch of high school kids, parents that are proud of them, and I'm belittling the entire thing. High school? How did you do it? I refuse to give that generic speech. As I look out here, I see future lawyers and doctors. I gave the real speech. There's felons here. Some of you will die in a DUI accident tonight. Explain to me why a dose of reality before community college is a bad thing. Because I certainly don't need to pander to the 1%. They don't need my little pep rally. They're going to be just fine. Nobody's been a pile of shit their entire life and then turned it around because of the commencement address. Excuse me? Uh, It just clicked. So you're saying I can be
1: anything? Oh, yeah, that sounds way better than what I was going to do. I like this guy. What the hell is that? What would you say
0: you do here? It's. Stone's Weekly Dose.
1: Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you.
0: Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't
1: change for and note to self, don't die. Welcome in, everybody. This is the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone on Air podcast. It is a sometimes weekly dose. It is a usually Wednesday download, often referred to as your midweek download destination. This week coming to you on a Thursday. It is the 20... What the hell is today? Oh, yeah, the 23rd of May. It's hot as hell out there. Uh, And uh, I have kind of had to scrap plans on the fly here today. And I'm in a bit of a (laughs) mood. I don't know how long that's going to last. Probably a while. I'll explain here shortly. This is going to be a shortened show, likely. Um, Sometimes I say that, and the next thing I know, I look up, and we're damn near approaching an hour once again. The goal is to keep the show between... 50 minutes and 60 minutes, 55, you know, 49, 61, somewhere in there. Um, I do, you know, map out the show and have an idea where I'm going, but I don't have a script and I don't have a, a clock and I don't have time limits, so I can kind of just make it up as I go. And sometimes if there's a lot to do, it's uh, easy to just kind of lose track of how long the show is going. So I'm not sure how long it's going to be, but I do know that it's going to be only two uh, two segments. And um, here's what ended up happening. So earlier today, I um, or that would be Wednesday, the 22nd. Earlier that day, I was uh, busy the last couple of days doing lots of stuff in the morning, being up at like seven o'clock in the morning, which is just bizarro world for me. And um, I was at uh, bouncing between both the jobs, and I went over to meet Carla and Ken, who run the uh, the Grand Falloon and Carla runs the uh, the Nightfall and Chatting Presents, and all those things. And my girlfriend is involved with them, and so I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of like weaseling my way in there, making sure to get to know everybody. I'd never really knew Carla all that well, and I didn't know Ken, her husband, at all. And I have gotten to know them now. So they were wanting to just do some brainstorming about uh, just different things they could do at the grand Falloon, different events, just yeah we were just you know throwing some ideas around, and while I'm sitting there, uh, I'm starting to feel i don't know like my eyes getting a little heavy and i'm just I'm just kind of feeling a little whacked all of a sudden, and uh not that bad, just kind of creeping up on me, and I needed to leave anyway, so i uh I you know say hey well appreciate the time we'll talk again soon see you later everybody and then I left and as I walked out the door I was really lightheaded and it's just obviously I mean I don't mean to b- talk about the weather guy but Jesus Christ it's hot as hell out there so as soon as I got outside I went I'm driving still my old crappy red car that does not have AC and I'm getting in it and I'm starting to drive down. Down the main street, and my eyes are starting to water, and they're getting heavy. I think I'm just overly exhausted. I just think I need some some sleep from getting up early and still staying up pretty late because um, I just can't sleep. I'm an insomniac, and I started. I don't just didn't feel good. wasn't awful. I wasn't alarmed, but I just didn't feel well. Got back to the office, and it is pre Memorial Day week in the beer business. It's uh, probably the second biggest week of the year it's the biggest week of the calendar year so far it's probably the second biggest week of the overall uh beer selling ca- uh, calendar uh the pre-memorial day week so i've got uh, lots going on over there and i'm sitting around at the desk and i'm just like man i feel awful and then my sinuses start coming in to hit me it's just like almost like a, Haha, you feel bad somewhere else how about i give you a sinus attack too so i just said you know what i'm scrapping the third segment of the, um, of this week's podcast. And I'm going to scrap the majority of what I was going to talk about on the front end of this podcast and just do the game of Thrones section because I can't not do the game of Thrones. I spent too much time on it. Uh, I spent too much time watching the dumb show. And this is the time where everybody's having their reactions as the finale, as you likely already know, was this past weekend, this past Sunday. And people have a lot of strong things to say about it, and I want to dive into that into the second segment. So I, I knew I had to do that. I knew I had to do that. And I wanted to talk about my trip to the dentist. <laughs> uh, I know some people be like, oh, wow, can't wait to hear about that, bro. But this was awful. The woman I dealt with was awful. But I'm not going to do that this week. I'll do that likely next week. Um I was going to talk about Woodstock 50. They're going to try to still do this disaster. I'll look at that later on, and that that news needs to unfold a little bit more uh, before I dive into it that much. Anyway, uh, the Bonnaroo Arch is no longer. It's gone. I was going to go on about that for a little bit, but there's still time to talk about that later on. The iconic arch, the entrance to Sinaru, the main uh, venue area where the music is played. Is uh, was basically rotting and infested with with literally spider, uh, uh, black widows, and uh, wasps, and all kinds of other vermin. And so they had to uh, literally burn it down. They're going to replace it with an LED, uh, probably pretty pretty damn sharp and pretty awesome uh, replacement. They haven't said exactly what that's going to be. It's going to get into that some, but I guess I basically just told you the gist of all of that. And uh, what else? What else was I going to do? Uh, I guess that was just about it. Oh, and then the final segment I was going to do, my uh, my rapid fire five, six, seven stories that I didn't think deserved an entire segment like I talked about last week. All that's being pushed to uh, to next week and uh, because of everything I just explained. But one thing I cannot, I cannot, will not refuse. I refuse to to uh to ignore because it is hot 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 right now it is twitter on fire one of the 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 biggest trends out there right now today on the on wednesday when this is being recorded it'll it'll very likely stay a trend throughout thursday and probably into the weekend and who knows where this will go once the uh, presidential campaign starts uh you know kicking off here the beginning of next year hell i guess basically now the hashtag cancel my debt now welcome to the party assholes Welcome to the, I, I'm the guy who's been screaming about student loan debt for years, for years. Now, here's the a, here's a difference. We're all talking about two different things, or two or three or four different things. I'll get to that as I go along here. But I was first starting to fill in for Let's Talk Money in 2013, probably. I think it was 2013, and doing it quite regularly by 2015, meaning upwards of 20, 25 times, a year that now that show is hosted by uh, financial advisors, people with uh, MBAs and whatever that's called in, uh, in, in accounting, CPAs, whatever all those letters are. All right. And so you think, oh, well, you got to be really smart and really understand finances. And you got to really like, you know, I don't get all that That stuff's like really difficult. Uh, I learned by doing this show, that show, I should say, let's talk money. That there ain't anything hard about this at all. All right what 's difficult is is earning a living what 's difficult is is getting a college education what 's not difficult is to understand how much things cost, what interest rates are, what you can and can 't afford, what your degree will or what will not get you and When I started doing that show, at first, I was intimidated and even told Jim Place, the host of that show, that you know, for thirty years, I said, really I do i mean i, I can 't bring any credibility to this." And he said, no, I, mean, I, think, I can't remember how what he said exactly, but he said, no, I think you can. I think you can have a different approach to it that people will identify with. And after, you know, five or six, seven, ten times, I realized, yeah, he's right. This isn't very difficult. This is a 33-year-old telling grown-ass adults to get your bleep together and start doing some basic arithmetic. Stop spending all your money and start saving a little. I mean, I know it's difficult to do and it's easy to say, but the concept is not it's not hard. It just—it's absolutely not. So that—that's—that's that's not the point that I'm trying to make right now. The firestorm on Twitter is, and really, I guess it was pretty much fueled by uh, that kook uh, Elizabeth Warren, who is saying she's got some kind of plan that's going to uh, erase 95 percent of Americans' student loans. 95 percent of the student loans in America, which is 1.5 trillion dollars. She's got a plan to eliminate 95% of it. Now, I don't know where 95 comes from. First of all, it's not true. It's not going to happen. Second of all, she's not going to be president, and even if she was. This isn't true. You remember when Newt Gingrich ran for president? And um, I think that was 2008. I think that was 2008. And he had this campaign of $2.50 gas. Remember, we were paying like four and a half dollars back then, and we had, you know, hey, just happened to have an oil man in the uh, in the office, and we just happened to have insanely high crude oil prices. You know, I'm just kind of being a smart ass. I don't really know what that – if there's correlation there or not, but whatever. He had this, this campaign. That was drilling on people's fears. It was people were terrified that oil was just going to keep going up and we weren't going to afford to be able to ship and we we weren't going to be able to afford to fill up our gas guzzling uh, SUVs. And so he and he, he saw that. And his campaign had this whole thing of $2.50 gas. It even had a, like a, a signage and said it and everything. It was absurd. He had no plan, no real plan to make gas $2.50. And even if he did, it's not possible. It w- That's not how this works. He knew that, but he said that because he knew that he would get a lot of attention because people were freaking out over the gas prices. Well, What's happening right now? The student loan crisis is... Beginning to become something that could cripple portions of our economy. Plus, just a lot of kids are in debt because a lot of dumb assholes took out a lot of money they can't pay back because they got, they got degrees that don't offer anything in the workplace, in the workforce, in the marketplace. And what does Elizabeth Warren's camp, their administration or their, uh, their campaign team anyway, I should say? What are they doing? Oh, we're going to eliminate 95% of all the student loans and all the dumb, numb nuts out there are just eating it up. And it is just trending so hard. And so many of these tweets are so embarrassing. It is so embarrassing. The hashtag cancel my debt and the hashtag impeach Trump are are some of the most embarrassing trends out there on social media. And they make real Democrats look like Look like, uh, you know, they embarrass us real Democrats. And I'll probably pull a bunch of these tweets and read them next week. Uh, they are just laughable. Here's the thing. As per usual, in the just average asshole walking around world we live in, in this country, people are mad about something. We all can kind of be mad about the same thing. But so many people, often the loudest, are aw- way off on what the problem is. Here's the problem. The government is in the business of federally insuring student loans to dumb children and their dumb ass parents who allow them to take out these federally insured loans that are oftentimes, most of the time, not uh, refinanceable. Is that is that a word? Generally speaking, these cannot be refinanced. They're locked in loans, not at crazy high interest rates, but not at crazy low at about four and a half to five and a half percent on average. I looked that up earlier and they're giving these loans to children who have zero collateral and it's not just it's not just children it generally is 18 to 22 year olds but it's tw- dumb 25 year olds too and uh, people and it's not i'm not meaning to be overly critical this is an ignorant portion of people's lives i was the same way i took out i took out student loans only about 5 grand i paid it back it took me a little while yeah But, and I know that's, you know, that's not the average situation. The average situation is 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. And uh, that's just become the thing to do. And that is the baby boomer's fault. That is that generation's fault. Very old, very old Gen Xers' fault for letting. For letting this happen, for allowing this to happen, for, for pushing through the idea that everybody has to go to college no matter what, and if you don't, you're an embarrassment, a stigma in that. I came up in middle to upper middle class white America that if you didn't go to college, you were you know what's wrong with your loser kid? Oh, I don't know, he wants to be 39 years old, have a podcast, work at a beer warehouse, have a part- time radio gig, and have zero dollars worth of uh, excuse me zero dollars of student loan debt. Now, how about that for a successful story, jackass? So, sorry, I told you I'm a little bit of a mood today. Now, I'm not saying I'm smart, and I planned out my life when I was 18 until the time I was 39, and, hey, I knew what was going to happen. I'm just saying that's how it worked out for me. As I, and as I got older, I was you know, realizing, hey, this is pretty good, uh, pretty good decisions I made. I didn't realize it at the time, and I did borrow a bunch of money, and I did always pay it back, and I did realize that this is not a system that's working for me, and I did eventually figure it out. But so that that's the biggest problem right there. So then the government comes around. They see, oh, hey, look at this. All these people want to go to school. We'll get we'll we'll have money from all these these uh, lotteries. We'll take money from lotteries, lotteries, which are the tax on the poor. The tax on the poor will fund middle class to middle upper class people's colleges And so there's scholarships in there. Well, most people don't qualify for those for those scholarships. So, well, you know, hey, we're just going to borrow a bunch of money so we can all go to school and the government's going to tell you we can't get you a scholarship, but we can give you a loan. You don't have to have any credit score. You don't have to have any collateral. You don't have to have any money in the bank. You don't have to have anything. Here's all the money you need. Take all the time you need. As long as you're enrolled full time, you've got the money flowing in and you're going to get that education and you're going to kill it. You know what? That sounds great. And then they run for office and they talk about how they have put all these people in the highest educated areas of the country, or whatever the case might be. It's all a ruse. None of this is none of this is the way that it's presented. It's borderline evil. It is putting people in debt beyond belief, it, with often degrees that don't get them anywhere. This really does come down to a personal responsibility thing. And what people need to do who are in this awful situation is not say, hey, I need somebody to just wipe this out for me. We need to band together and say this has to stop. Higher education can't charge what they charge. The federal government should not be in the business of insuring loans to just anybody who wants them. Can there be programs? Can there be federal assistance? Can there be different uh, legislation put in to help in certain demographics, economical situations? Blah, 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 blah. Yes, probably, hopefully, maybe. Let me know. Tell me what you think. Give me an idea. Draft it. Let me take a a read on it. But the way it is now, it is trapping Americans. It is trapping young, ignorant people. And for some reason, the baby boomers just don't, they've lost track of math. Somewhere, all these parents in middle America, in suburban America, just lost their heads on how to count to 10 and carry the one and pay back an interest statement. I'm not sure how that happened, but this is generational change. It's a, it's a generational thing. Elizabeth Warren should not be out there saying, I'm going to figure out a way to wipe out all your, your student loan debt. Should be figuring out a way to maybe ease some of that, to have refinancing, to be able to—I um, I don't know—I'm not—that's not my de- department. Getting the government out of the business of insuring these loans and saying we're going to do our best to help people who fall into certain economic uh, situations, but there's people out there who just don't want to pay their money, don't want to pay money back that they borrowed, and that's just not how this works. And I am a—I am a Democrat. I've never voted for Republican, and I never will. But I am not on board with this, this old woke stuff and and a lot of this social justice things is getting out of control in so many areas. And this is one of them. But we both agree that student loan debt is an awful, awful hindrance on this country. We just many of us look at it from different aspects. And I don't understand why that is now breaks uh it's, certain things you can do again refinancing certain kinds of programs you can get involved in that can ease uh payments or maybe defer i i, I don't know help is one thing but walking in and i and i know the re- response is going to be oh well the big banks the big bailouts these companies get there yeah yeah that's i don't you know i don't know what to say i don't know what to tell you there and I, I don't i don't know what to tell you there but these these tweets out there and probably some facebook uh posts too i don't pay attention to any crap on facebook anymore but it's just embarrassing. It's, it's just, it makes, it makes us real Democrats look stupid. All right. (laughs) I wasn't necessarily planning on doing all of that. Uh, my head is a little, because I'm kind of here. just my hands like up in the air, like kind of listen to me and I'm getting a little lightheaded. So I'm going to wrap up this segment and, um, take a look back at game of thrones more through the eyes of other people through social media with my commentary i don't have any really really strong thoughts either way other than i just got kind of tired of watching the show all the way around but uh i guess i'll save it for the next segment game of thrones talk coming up next stone
0: on air we'll be right back
1: this cool stone on
0: To the fans, thank you for coming along on this extraordinary journey.
1: Thank you to all the people I don't know, allowing us to keep playing these games and keep telling these stories.
0: Thank you so much for trusting me with this character that you've known for over 20 years. I
1: really loved playing Tormund. You wanna fight? This has been a life-changing experience uh, being on this. I never expected people to like Brienne of Taft. I was totally prepared for people not to.
0: The fans have, like given me an identity that i didn't have
1: there are far more fans of the show that we than we ever
0: thought was possible it would be nothing if it weren't for all the rumors and theories and intense discussion going on and the game of thrones viewing parties keeping it alive when we take like a year and a half break but everything has end, even game of thrones closing time Open all the doors and let you out
1: into the world. <sighs> all right. Take a little bit of a breather there. <laughs> Welcome Closing back to the show. Time. Forgot about this band, Turn Semi of the Semisonic? Isn't that what they're called? Every boy and every girl. little cliche, I know, but...
0: Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish
1: your whiskey or beer. Closing time. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I borrowing money sometimes is absolutely necessary. Now you don't have to do it. I get I get into a little bit of arguments again. I don't like the absolute words. And a lot of these tweets and conversations you have. Well, yeah, you, know, you know, students these days are they're just forced to to take uh, out student loans. No, they're not forced to do anything. There is nobody being forced. You don't have to do anything. All right, and as soon as everybody can understand that, we can get a better handle on things. But sometimes borrowing money is necessary. I've done it plenty in my life. I've got a mortgage. That's a hell of a lot of money borrowed, and uh, I got a few other debts out there. I do. I, but I, you know, I manage my money flow. I am lucky that I have, and I'm, I'm not just lucky. I have uh, worked very hard for the uh, the, the kind of dual career that I have, and I've also gotten lucky because. Uh, Lots of different reasons, and I don't need to get into all that right now, but... So, yeah, borrowing money's fine. You need to borrow some money, something comes up, a little bit, uh, you know, a little pinch here, a little short there, got to you know, something come up here that you don't quite want to shell out the money for, or just flat, flat, don't have? Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Responsible financing is totally all right, if you know what you're doing. Hell, it makes the damn United States economy the engine that it is. People weren't borrowing money, we wouldn't get anything done, technically, so, uh, I don't want to sound like this total hater, like I got it made and I got it, and, you know, I know what I'm doing and I'm smart and you're dumb. I mean, I never wanted to sound like that. And I always tried to make sure I emphasize that when I was doing Let's Talk Money or on any other show where these kinds of conversations take place. So, all right. Anyway, enough of that. Oh, sh- sorry. I'm, I'm telling you, this day has just been odd. All right. So, here's what I'm going to do for the Game of Thrones um, segment the review, the look back, the. Finishing of this show and the last time I'll probably ever talk about it. And that's been on the show now for three weeks in a row. I've mentioned it probably every time that I don't like doing specific um, topics towards like one kind of niche because then i alienate a lot of people but this show was watched by a lot of damn people i saw it was 19.1 million or something like that i still don't understand how anybody could possibly know how many people were actually watching it because i mean yeah i was watching it on my girlfriend's uh hbo go or now or hbo blow whatever it's called and uh the two of us were watching it now nobody knows whether there was one of us or two of us or 200 of us so uh those numbers, how many people listen, how many people watch is always a mystery and uh but sometimes people throw out these numbers oh this is how many, but anyway, point is a lot a lot of people, so the chances are that much of my audience has watched this show um I've made no you know real um secret about it throughout anybody I'm talking to. I didn't really think the show was all that amazing I mean it was it was good, it had its moments of of some shock and awe for sure but but my vantage point was just. Totally, uh totally different. And you know, when you're watching it in real time, you're not expecting or waiting for or looking for that moment like the Red Wedding, right? You just that just happens and that really I could see could just make you go like, Oh my god. I was waiting on this so called red wedding I kept hearing about. Like have you seen the Red Wedding? I was like, I'm not sure yet. It's like you'll know when you do. So you can see where that difference is like i'm waiting 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 where's that moment where's that moment oh, okay i mean oh, wow that's wow that's gross you know like it wasn't it wasn't as shocking because i was waiting for it i was already guessing what it might be so i'm not going to spend a lot of time on what i thought about the overall show it was fine i'm glad that it's over uh but the general consensus is that the uh the last season sucked and i totally Agree that it was very, very uh, – it was just dumb. It just – it really was dumb, and it, it do, just does go to show you that these these authors that can write these books that are so captivating, it really is I, – I feel like I'm missing out because I've, I'm not able to read – So, um, so vividly like it doesn't it doesn't translate in my head like I think it does other people who really enjoy reading thrilling novels and stories. I mean, I like to read a little bit, but my ADD for reading is just really bad, really, really bad. I have a very hard time focusing and it has to be really something that I am really into. And if it takes a long time for anything to get anywhere, I can get lost really fast. So I do kind of envy people who, uh, who who can get a lot of enjoyment out of that. And uh, I think this proves that the, the the writers for these books oftentimes have much better imaginations than the writers for these TV shows. Now they're two totally completely different mediums and different kind of art forms. But as soon as they got off these books, it started to go down. And as soon as they got to the end where they had just complete free reign over what was going on, they just lost complete control and focus of what was going on for the overall show, is what I thought. And I. Pretty sure most people thought that as well. So what I'm going to do is read some um, some responses that I just pulled from Twitter and from other uh, online uh, social media platforms here and there. I didn't uh, – they're just stuff I found, you know, memes and things like that. And uh, Clay Travis is a, uh, a guy out of Nashville. I've talked about him on this show a lot. I've used his audio a lot before. And he used to be one of my favorite broadcasters uh, ever. I've met him before. I've followed his works for going on 10 years. But he's turned into a more national uh, voice these days. And he's become very bombastic. And he's got a real broad-out audience. And I just can't take his show anymore because he's... He's, he's feeding off the kind of Trumpification of of America right now, and it's just annoying. He's still one of the smartest guys I've ever, uh, I guess, nah, can, can say technically met. One of the smartest guys' work I've ever read. He's a, a lawyer. He's got multiple education levels, and uh, he does really well. So he has been doing an after show, live, immediate after show on Facebook Live and Periscope and wherever else right as soon as the show's over, maybe almost the whole time, probably not the whole time, but at least the last several years. And I I haven't watched any of them because I never watched Game of Thrones. But I went and watched his immediately following show, and I loved it. I just loved it. So I, he is a super fan, has devoted so much time to it. He writes a column on it every week at his website, Outkick the Coverage. And so I'm going to play six clips of him talking about that final episode and just kind of a little bit the entire final season, but mainly – the final episode from this past Sunday. But first, I'm going to start with some stuff that I found on uh, mostly Twitter. So this is uh, this says, so what was the point of Jon's lineage, Bran warging during Battle of Winterfell, Arya's face-changing skills, Brienne and Jamie, what was the point of bronze subplot, what was the point of Lord of Light, the, what was the point of end of the Darth... Darth- Darthaki, excuse me, and Unsullied, and the point of Prince that was promised. Kind of from the same uh, same vein. I like this one better, though. A tweet from, it doesn't matter who. So Jon Snow was a Targaryen for no effing reason. Bran became three, a three-eyed raven for no effing reason. Danny did amazing things for eight seasons for no effing reason. Prince who was promised. No fucking reason. Everyone you wanted to team up for eight seasons teams up for no effing reason. Every, everyone you wanted to die, died for no effing reason. Fucking Brandon Stark, the character no one gives a shit about for eight seasons, is king. Why? For no effing reason. That's why. I've watched Game of Thrones since 2011 for no effing reason. Uh, from Jason Alexander, George Costanza from Seinfeld, he tweeted, Dear Game of Thrones company, I know a little something about finales and disappointed fans. My advice, live in joy that you are part of something that moves people so. You were all magnificent, my family, and I loved it all. Thank you, Jason Alexander. Thought that was pretty cool. So here was one I liked. This is uh, from uh, again. It doesn't matter. The author. This author asked for a tweet-sized synopsis of Game of Thrones, and the responses rained down like dragon fire. She is. Uh, I don't see her name. A- Amy Cuddy. Amy Cuddy. She's a social psychologist and pop culture enthusiast and an author. She wanted to know what transcribed that left so many fans feeling deflated in the show's final moments. So this was the tweet from Amy Cuddy. It said, can someone please explain explain, excuse me, the plot story of the entire Game of Thrones series in a single tweet? Alan says, fantasy take on the history of British monarchy. Uh, let's see. This one says, seven years of winter is coming, finally came in the eighth year and lasted an hour. And then we were tortured for a few more hours to see a king and a queen rule. Uh, let's see. Half eaten chicken sandwiches says, uh, porn with sword fights and dragons. Someone responded to that. Well, when you put it that way, it was pretty great. Uh, this tweet says doomed love and incest leads to multi-generation conflict for power across seven kingdoms. Starts slash ends with mad rulers, burning down people. And finally, the least interesting guy becomes king in a pseudo show of democracy where only whites vote. Oh, and zombies. Uh, This one says people with powerful ambition and poor impulse control explore the intersection of lust, greed and fear. Lives and reputations were lost. Painful wisdom was gained. And if you were really lucky, your your faves just might end up back where they started. That's a pretty accurate way to put it. A good natured man returns from the dead to begrudgingly help out all of civilization with the help of his sister, who can put on any dead person's face. Also, he has to kill his aunt slash lover, which makes him and her dragon sad. Two writers attempt to adapt a sprawling fantasy series but are stymied when their artful, successful series outpaces the source material, leaving them scrambling for meaning and context and writing contrived fan fiction in the end. That one is really good. Um, After the king died, there was some difficulty settling on the new king. (laughs) Oh, I highlighted these the other day. I forgot. (laughs) One tweet. What was Game of Thrones about? After the king died, there was some difficulty settling on a new king. That's brilliant. That is perfect. Uh, let's see. I only half highlighted this one. I might come back to that one. Joy Reed from MSNBC, who probably loves the hashtag uh, cancel my debt. Um, a guy goes to the Capitol thinking if he plays by the rules, things will work out. He and his family are destroyed by a sociopathic king, his corrupt family and cronies and religious zealots. His daughters struggle to fix the world, but the men crown a dude who didn't do much to help. Uh, let's see. This one I thought I liked. Yeah, let's read this one. It says, Tower Folly, Polly Polly, Winter Coming, Sister Loving, dwarf, dwarf Smirking, Eunuch Lurking, Hound Hunting, Mountain Grunting, War Letting, Red Wedding, Brown Eyes, Blue Eyes, Old Eyes, New Eyes, Winter Came, North to Blame, Dragons Dead, Irons Red, King Anointed, Disappointed! <laughs> With a big, uh, in capital letters and a bunch of exclamation points. And, uh, yeah, I think that does about uh, all we need to do on the tweets. So, let's take a look, at, listen to at some of the things that... that um, Clay Travis had to say his initial thoughts. This is within the first two minutes of his uh, his, his after show on his uh, Twitter page and immediately after the Game of Thrones finale was concluded.
0: I feel like I wasted eight years of my life. Eight years of my life on this story. And at the end, they just came and they stabbed me. I feel like Jon Snow at the end of season five, when he got killed by all the Night's Watch guys. After all of the wait, after all of the suspense, after all of the 73 hours of time that we invested, Jon Snow ends up back at Castle Black to protect us from what?
1: Yeah, and he'll go on more on uh, Jon Snow being back at the wall, and Castle Black, what, what kind of sense does that make? They've already defeated the enemy there. Um, just so many things that didn't make sense at the end, which he'll continue on because, of course, it wasn't just the portion of Jon Snow, uh, his outcome, that Clay did not like.
0: The Knights, I mean, there's so many issues with this. Arya gets on a ship and goes off into the distance. Sansa decides that the North is going to be independent. So she gets to be queen, but none of it matters. Daenerys gets killed, and we don't even know if it was the right decision. Grey Worm, I don't care about at all, but he's getting on a ship and leaving with all of the unsullied. I just this was an awful, awful, awful ending to an awful, awful, awful season.
1: Tell us how you really feel, Clay Travis. This is this is more on Jon Snow being banished by what I guess was by uh, Grey Worm, the Unsullied, and all the decision-makers there that said the only thing they could do with him is send him back to uh, Castle Black. This is Clay talking more about John back at the wall.
0: Basically, we had an eight-year story of Jon Snow that ended the exact same place that season one ended. With him at Castle Black, only now there's nothing to protect anybody from. Like, that's the thing I don't even understand. Why do they need the Night's Watch? What do the Night's Watch exist to protect people from now? Why do they need the wall? How is the wall even there? Was this a different part of the wall that got knocked down by the iron by the ice dragon? We don't know where the dragon went. This is just, I mean, so bad.
1: He goes on to talk about uh, more. It's about 20 minutes long. I didn't want to go too much with it. Uh, that So the dragon... Take the last one, dragon, or whichever one's the last one alive. Takes uh, the the dead Khaleesi. I saw Danny. I still always call her Khaleesi, and flew, flies off with her, leaving no witnesses to what had happened here. And so he is just to uh, everybody's just to believe that it, maybe she didn't just jump on the, the the dragon and fly away. That just that part didn't make sense to him. Also, who the hell cares what Grey Worm or the Unsullied think? Like since when? Now that uh, Danny's gone, does anybody give two shits about them? Um, it's, it's it's pretty ridiculous. This is just funny. I had to do this one um, because so many people were upset about the way they handled the, the dog or the direwolf or whatever, the last one, whatever his name was. This is uh, for what he says satisfies the dog people.
0: And I felt like they were like, <laughs> I felt like they were like, this is so bad. Let's let John reunite with the dog so at least the dog people will be happy I really do I think they were like man this is we know I think I think they watched it and they were like this is so bad let's at least let John reunite with his dog so the dog people will be happy and maybe the dog people won't come after us
1: uh, that much. I, I doubt the dog people were satisfied either because if you remember how people lost their bleep so much over the fact that John sent the dog away with was it Tormund right and go to go back to the north and he doesn't even pet him so uh, I thought that was kind of funny I also thought this was funny I don't believe that this is what he was actually thinking but Clay is a funny guy this is what he said in real time he wished happened at the very end after Bran was inexplicably uh, named the king of Westeros.
0: Now, like I was hoping at the end that somebody was going to stab Brian, Brand, <laughs> and at least we were going to end in chaos. Like I'm not kidding about that. Like when they showed the other three Starks, I was like, okay, there's you know there's Arya sailing off to the west. There's Sansa, who's king of the north. There is you know John Snow, who's to the north. I was like, maybe somebody will stab Brand out of nowhere. <laughs> like Braun just shows up and shoots Bron. Brand. And the whole series like ends with Bran dying, and nobody has now any idea what's going to happen. That would have at least been better than Bran ending up on the Iron Throne. Because uh, then at least you'd have been like, oh, so nothing changed, it's chaos, and you could write your own ending other than Bran ends up on the Iron Throne. The whole thing is bad. Just, an, I would say, an unmitigated disaster of a conclusion. <laughs>
1: That's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, the, the just just so weird how that all came together, and, but I mean, in the end, I've, I've said it many times on past shows, uh, I, I think anyway, or at least the other people I've talked to, I didn't care who won, I didn't, it didn't matter to me at all, I just wanted to see who was left alive at the end of the show, I guess, there was no answer to me or no ending that I was going to be like, yep, that's what I wanted. Even though I kind of thought it would be interesting to see if Cersei would uh, somehow reign and, uh, through all that. But I didn't actually see that coming. But to be completely honest with you, I put uh, I got my finger and my thumb about an inch and a half apart. I put about that much thought into it outside of talking to a couple friends on the podcast. The final thoughts from Clay Travis and the Game of Thrones.
0: I just, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they were thinking when they put this together. I don't know why Bran was on the council. I don't know Brand, why Brand is even remotely in the running to end up on the Iron Throne. Uh, I, I just, I, yeah, wh- I, 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 so much, so much ridiculousness. I'm sorry that we waited for this and this was the disastrous result. I hate after years and years of live reaction shows. I hate after years and years of columns. I hate after years and years of writing results that this is how it's going to end. Your boy will never let you down like Game of Thrones just let you down.
1: It's at Clay Travis, at Clay Travis is how you can find him on social media. There's a chance you'll love him at times and more of a chance you'll hate him at others. So that is it. That is all the Game of Thrones conversation on this podcast is, for the most part, Uh, Over. Appreciate you guys and gals. Find it every week if you're new to the show. The goal is to get this thing up and posted for downloadable consumption every Wednesday, very first thing. Meaning Thursday night at like midnight, 12 1 or 1 o'clock in the morning, something like that. So first thing every Wednesday and occasionally on Thursday. So look ahead here real quick. Uh, Three weeks from right now, I will be at Bonnaroo. So look for my Bonnaroo preview show. I might do it on the 5th. Uh, definitely by the 12th, but I might do it on the 5th to give a full week's uh, chance to get that out there to listen where I'm going to just sample music from uh, the the likely bands that I'll see or at least the early portion of the the, the idea that I have that will completely change uh, halfway through the weekend. But I'll do that probably on the 5th, actually. So that will leave next week on the 29th where I'll try to pick up where all this mess that I didn't get to today and might even go back down that hashtag cancel my... A debt mess. If that continues a trend, I'll go down that road. If not, then I might not. And uh, that's just about it for now. So it's almost time for June. #Hashtag My Other Month. Cannot wait to get up to the farm and can't wait to talk some Bonnaroo with you here soon. Soon in. To the future two weeks from right now is what it looks like it's gonna be all right love you to death at stone on air on all social media is how you can find me and I am gonna go take some benadryl and uh, drink a gin and tonic and get my ass to bed all right y'all take care talk to you next week bye
0: Closing time. every new beginning comes from some other-